welcome to another edition of the Green Beige Podcast. As always, that is AJ. He is the Green. I am Ken. I am the Beige. And welcome to another edition of your new favorite podcast, the Green Beige Podcast. So, AJ, how's it going, brother? All is well. All is well. Just um, working on life all the time. You know who it is. But oh, of course. Yeah, all is well. How, how are things on your end? Well, things are things are not bad. 2022 is it's upon us and to everyone who we have not been able to say to before, happiest and best wishes for the new year to you. Yeah. And before we get into this week's topics, of course, you know, we have to do a little bit of housekeeping mm-hmm. because we, we weren't with you last week and there are some stuff that we do need to update you on. First off, we have to say congratulations to David Formisano with the Denver Ravens Revenge and Keelan Phillips with Kawhi Not for defeating both of us in the semifinals and making it to the finals of the Green Beach Fantasy Football League. I was in the lead. I was supposed to be comfortable heading into that last week's game against Keelan, which would have been week 16 of the um, NFL and then we, well, we know what happened with Matthew Stafford so that kind of scuppered me and well AJ you want to tell the folks what happened to you? I um, it was a Sunday night <laughs> I I was in a in a winning position uh, it, David only had it was An- Antonio Gibson from the Washington football team remaining. And that was a night when they were, the football team was being blown out by the Cowboys. So they pulled some of their starters. And Gibson was out of the game. And at the time he was pulled out, I uh, pulled out of the game. I had a lead on David. That was, at that point, I was ahead of him. Correct. My lead was insurmountable at that point. He had no one else to play. Uh, So at the end of the game, I, 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 I thought I was going to lose, but at the end of the game, something told me to check, and I checked, and it seemed that I had won by three points. I even took a screenshot, guys. I took a screenshot and sent it to Ken, and I was like, yo, I can't believe I escaped. Ken, when Ken replied to me, it was in the screenshot of a stat correction that came in. <laughs> Apparently, one punt was left off of David's um, punter's scores. Sam Martin from the Broncos, who has been punting his life away in the second half of the season, and that one punt gave him five and a half points, which then gave him the lead over me. And just like that, I was gone. Yeah. Just like that. that. The most hurtful thing about that too is that was a week when Joe Burrow threw for over 500 yards and he was on my bench. Yeah. As as we have mentioned multiple times, fantasy is a cruel mistress. Very, very cruel cruel mistress. And then in a, I need to feel like I need to add the next night, the fact that the Dolphins, what the Dolphins did to your Saints, well, defensively at least, and ended up giving Sabrina, one of my closest friends, 25 points and a lead that, again, I thought was insurmountable. She was able to pass me another semifinal. So wait, wait, actually, wait, both of, we got beaten in, in the two semifinals in the two of these leagues. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, boy, that... The kind of things that make you retire from fantasy, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is the truth. And in my in my five leagues, I got to the playoffs in all but the throwaway league. And mm. 
the one league that has already wrapped up, um, finished this week. I won that one, and mm-hmm. I lost in the semifinals in all of the others. Well, no, I, mean, I lost in the first round of the playoffs in one, and I lost hmm. in the semifinals. Semifinals of the other. One still banned, but I think, uh, like I said, like I, I don't know if, no, you, you're not in that chat. I said in another chat, though, but this is the first year since my fantasy rookie year that I have not won a league. And it, it, it stinks. I hate it. Yeah. It, I hate it. It will feel kind of bad. It is true. Well, right now, looking at our Green Beach Fantasy Football League at the halftime of the final, because, you know, we do it where the playoffs are two weeks as opposed to one week, the Riven has a 48-and-a-half-point lead. But as we have seen so far, anything is possible. No lead is safe. Now, that... That's going into week 18, where if certain teams have already clinched, you might see some starters being arrested or have limited snaps. So It is true. Especially if the other game that may have any sort of implications for their game is going their way, then you'll see exactly. start again to get pulled exactly. very early. Now, one other thing that we need to make mention of is that for the playoffs, which is going to start after week 18, heading the following weekend, we are going to have the green beige bracket challenge so for those of you who've been following our social media you know we've been doing the prime time pick'em but we're doing it a little different for the playoffs we're doing it a little bit bigger and what also goes better with bigger is a little bit of sponsorship and we have from digicel grenada they have agreed to come on board with us and supply a prize for the bracket challenge but more information will come on that you will get that set up and we will let you know and especially for those of you in Grenada then well there's a chance that you could actually win something alright so that was the housekeeping and now we go off the rip and off the rip this week it was another topsy-turvy week in the NFL we had some big scores some big blows. Seems we had a big send off for Big Ben. But first, we go where the business wasn't really booming. And that's Antonio Brown. For those who didn't see, AB had an AB esque meltdown. Now, we've heard of him acting up in his house, breaking stuff, and generally being a nuisance. But this man has more NFL lives than a cat. AB, in his latest indiscretion, takes off his pads and his jersey and throws them on the bench. He takes off his sweaty vest and a glove and throws them in the stands. Then he takes off the other glove and also throws it in the stands. He runs across the end zone with the players on the field still, you know, getting ready for the next play. And he's waving to the crowd and giving the peace out sign. So, AJ... This has to be it for AB, right? At first, I thought so. At first, I did. No, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure that this is the end. Um, this entire situation is messy because somewhere in the midst of all of this, someone is lying. There are lies being told. The stories from both camps are not adding up. 
AB says he told BA about his injury on the sideline and that he didn't feel like he was fit enough to continue um, in the game. BA said he claimed that that was a lie, that there was no conversation of any injury that took place on the sideline. And as per the article that we shared earlier, um, that stated that, and again, this is coming out of AB's camp, that he was advised his friends and I guess close, you know, the people close to him, his entourage maybe, whatever, mm-hmm. they suggested that he um, seek professional advice from a doctor outside of the Bucks organization, which apparently he did. And the doctor basically confirmed that based on the, uh, the ankle injury that he had been dealing with throughout the season, he should not have even been playing the game on Sunday. Now, again, this is yet to be confirmed. This is just a story that's coming out of, of his camp. So it's not necessarily that it is. We don't know if it is the truth or if he's trying to save face. But all in all, nothing here is adding up. However, if, if, if it cannot be confirmed that... The, or, or actually, let me put it this way. If the truth of this situation does not actually come to light and it, it just ends in a messy divorce between the two. Right now, AB has the upper hand because it seems as if more stories are coming out of his camp that, that are, are essentially um, justifying his, uh, basically the reason why he didn't want to play and whatnot, his yeah, excuse for not wanting to play. If it stays like this, there is a, desperate, a team desperate enough in the NFL who's going to, to try to, to bring AB in. There is. I, I don't... If, if, it, if, it really, if it really ends that the situation is such that B.A. tried to force him to play when he said he was injured, there are teams that will look past it and will bring in A.B. Let's not forget that just before he actually went to the Bucs, there were other teams that was interested. You have Pete Carroll in Seattle, who's not going to get fired even though he should. <laughs> and he's in a desperate situation where he needs to win right now because they're wasting Russell Wilson's prime and the Seattle Seahawks organization's money. So Pete Carroll needs to win. They, they are going to need receiving help. They need, they need everything. So uh, I'm just, I, and I'm just throwing that name out there because I know they had been linked with him previously, right? Mm-hmm. Can, uh, if this situation isn't actually, like if the truth does not come out about this situation and then AB is cut by the bucks and then we still are, are in, in this state of equilibrium wondering what actually happened, AB's story is going to hold up. And he's going to get a job somewhere else. For how long? I don't know, but he will get a job somewhere else if, if and only if, they always say it as programming language, computer programming language, if and only if this story is, is not uh, um, corroborated. Um, well, a BA story that is, is incorporated because it doesn't seem like much is coming from BA or the Tampa Bay side. It's just AB who's bringing out. So I, I could actually see it happening. No, it's like you. When this first transpired, we we all said, like Michael Jackson, this is it. However, if I could trust the moral agency of the NFL and its executives, I would still hold that position. But AB still hasn't been cut yet. He hasn't. He hasn't. Which lets you know that... The As of the recording of this show, yes. it'd be still a bug. Exactly. Which will let you know that the inmates are running the asylum. 
Bruce Arians was emphatic in his statement after the game where he said AB is no longer a buck. Mm -hmm. But if he hasn't been cut yet, that means he's still a buck. And you know, two weeks ago, I said that Bruce Arians has had to be the master of the back pedal this mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. be not just this season, for the last two seasons because of Antonio Brown. It would be a shame if Antonio Brown is what causes Bruce Arians to retire. Because right now we are seeing and everything is showing that in the power dynamic within that organization, Bruce Arians has no power. And this is not even... AJ, I will show you my notes when we are finished. This is not even in my notes. Mm. Bruce Arians has no power in the Tampa Bay organization. Because if it was up to him, Antonio Brown would have never been a Buccaneer. He would have had one chance, which he has broken a number of times. Mm -hmm. And up until the recording of this show, as you said, he is still a Buccaneer. And we were getting reports that the Buccaneers were considering suspending Antonio mm -hmm. as opposed to cutting him. So it's like, what are we doing? Now, as you said, we're getting a lot of the medical stuff now saying that AB was injured and he should not be playing on this bum ankle. Regardless of his ankle, though, there are just some things you don't do. And taking off your jersey and leaving the field has to be on the top of the list for any professional athlete. Even if we were scrimmaging and you see a man just get vets, take off your shirt and walk off, you would not be looking to have him rejoin your scrimmage at any point in time, especially not that same day. Mm -hmm. So let's look at it. We've had Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh. We've had him in Vegas. We've had him in New England and now in Tampa. We have enough on the record and speculative reports, unconfirmed reports, that everybody should be steering clear of Antonio Brown. But as long, as you said, as long as business is booming, somebody will take a chance. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much so. I guess we're on the same page. Look, when I, I, I didn't have eyes on this game necessarily. Um, it was on Red Zone, but I was doing so many other things. I wasn't really focused even when those clips came around, right? So I saw, like, somebody asked me, yo, what are you going on with Antonio Brown? I was like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing now? I, and then somebody, I didn't think it was that serious. And someone else asked me. So then I went on Twitter, good old reliable Twitter. Of course. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> and when I saw the clip, the first thing was like, what in the Vontae Davis is going on here? This, this man just retired during the game or something like that? Look, I, as, as much as, and you know how I felt when this just happened. Mm -hmm. And like I was telling someone on Twitter as well, as, as much as that story came out about him um, saying that he was injured and then Bruce Aaron said him, well, if you don't want to be here and basically cut him on the sideline, yeah, that's, well, we realized now that was, that, that was pure conjecture because he's not officially cut. Mm -hmm. he, he hasn't been officially cut, but still, if he can't afford to be doing, like, you can't make a spectacle of yourself. And, and the other thing is that if, even if you and the coach have a falling out, because clearly they didn't tell him that you're cut from this team. Right. Mm -hmm. Even if you and the coach have a falling on the sideline, 
And it's something you keep there and you deal with that in-house after the game. Because you also have teammates who you have to be there for. Antonio Brown is a Buccaneer because of Tom Brady. I mean, like, at least, sure, and, and I'm pretty sure most of the team has accepted him, and, you know, they've, they've welcomed him because he, he didn't seem to fit in. He didn't seem like an outcast at that team, right? <laughs> Except for his Vax card. But he didn't seem like an, <laughs> didn't seem like an outcast. You can't be doing that, bro. It's, it's still a team sport. You're not going to get along with everybody. On some days, you will not get along with the course. But don't just discard your gear and, and run off the field like... It's still I don't I don't care what the situation was you don't handle it like that. Right. I mean, and of course you know there were some jokes that came out of it because like there was the shot of Antonio Brown waiting on an Uber on the outside of the stadium. <laughs> yeah. And there then, was and then the, re- the next game the next day. Yep. There was the report that the security saw this half naked man running around the facility. Yeah. I didn't recognize that it was Antonio. I thought he was just a fan. Like, come on, Antonio. You, you, you gotta do but you have to do better than this. And especially when you have a reputation that when you have the reputation that Antonio Brown has, there's no mm. time for gimmicks. No, nope. there's no time for gimmicks. Well, after the gimmicks, there were still the games that played. Mm-hmm. And now we are going to move into the blitz. And I think that that was probably going to be the last that we're going to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Because I myself, I was not watching. The only time I tuned into their game was when I recognized they were losing. But then they won and, you know, that's no longer any fun. So, (laughs) over now. You're so sick. (laughs) (laughs) So, over to the Blitz and the biggest Mm. winner. So, AJ, who's your biggest winner for this week? I, the, the biggest like it, it can't just be my biggest one. It's the biggest winners of the other readers, though. Because you know, you know how I do it. I like to to focus on these teams who keep themselves in contention. The readers win the readers win over the weekend was the biggest win of the weekend, strictly because it now puts them in a situation where it it they really are in a a, a, a winner take all win or go home game against a division rival. That, that they did beat, I'm sorry, that they didn't lose to in the first game of the season, but essentially the fate is in their hands now. The Raiders haven't been a great team this season. They, they've essentially been what their record shows. They, they're even cute, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. They are currently in a situation where if they win one game, they're in the postseason. And with all the things that the Raiders have gone through um, during this regular season, that is a plus for them. So um, they're my biggest winners uh, for Week 17. Well, that's a good pick. I know we do have more to come with regards to the Raiders and their opponent in this week's episode. But my biggest winner for this week, and I've been I've, I've spoken about them a few times this season, that is the Cincinnati Bengals. I am here to give the Cincinnati Bengals their flowers this week for their massive win. And it is massive when you look at what happened in the game. A massive win over the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, AJ, you know I have mentioned to you before that this AFC number one seed is the poisoned chalice because (laughs) every team that has had the AFC number one seed Tends to get beat the same week that they get it. No, Kansas City, they didn't really play a bad game. When you look at the stats and you saw how the game was going, they they didn't do too badly in general. However, they clearly operated either with hubris 
are their scouting report was deficient, or they were listening to the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive coach who said that you don't double Jamar Chase. And we saw what happened when they didn't double Jamar Chase. And guess what happened? Jamar Chase puts up another college stat line against this improved defense. You know that Jamar Chase only had one target that he didn't pull in this this weekend? He was 11 of 12 for 266 yards. Three touchdowns. So Kansas City, how about a double coverage? You know, how about sliding the secondary his way so he doesn't keep getting open? Long short, long pass, short pass, didn't matter. The Bengals are the kings of the north. I guess we should have listened at the beginning of the season to Joe Burrow when he said that, you know, this is the, this is the easiest way to get into the playoffs. Win the division. Win the division. Indeed. Yeah. All right, so after the winner, you know, the biggest loser. AJ, who's your biggest loser for this? Perfect segue, the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> what in the Blue Blazers was that? No, I, I know you said that they didn't play a bad game. They didn't, they didn't play a bad game, but they didn't play an inspiring game to me. No, the didn't. game was not inspiring. And it's funny because I'm looking, this is the game that I had on TV, right, Ken? And I'm looking at this game, and even on that last drive, when the Bengals are going for it on fourth and it was was it actually fourth and goal or fourth and uh, fourth and short? I can't remember exactly. Essentially, when everyone in the world possibly was saying, "Yo, just just take the field goal, just take the field goal here," and they were still they were going for it until they got the penalties that gave them the fresh set of down. It felt to me like the Bengals knew what they were doing and they were going to win. Like I never doubted that they were not going to get a playoff or they were not going to do what needed to do what they needed to do to win the, that game. I, I had no faith in the Chiefs' defense at that point to stop them. Because uh, after Jamar Chase blew them up for 266 yards, it tells me that, that they had no idea. Mind you, um, T. Higgins still had uh, another 62. Joe Mixon was all about as well. He didn't have, um, he didn't pass 100, but it was close enough. 46 rushing and, and 40 through the air. Like the, the, Cincinnati, the Cincinnati offense was rolling. It was. And I just had no faith in Kansas City to stop them. And it seemed like Zach Taylor knew what he was doing, at least kind of. And <laughs> I, I understood the decision at that point to go for it because he still don't want to give Patrick Mahomes enough time to get back on the field and potentially go for a touchdown. And you're not going to beat these guys by, by, by the no, uh, with not applying a no-risk-it, no-biscuit method, right? You need to go for it. So I get it. And by doing that, they got, um, was, it, was it DPI? I can't even remember the call. Yep. Right I think it was DPI. There we go. Ball at the one-yard line or whatever the case was. And then they, uh, I, I ended up, oh, because of the downs, ran on the clock, um, kicked the field goal, and win. And I just never had faith in Kansas City to come back. And it's, it's kind of sad. So just for all those reasons, biggest losers. And, and I, I, again, because as you said, Poison Chalice, AFC top squad. And last week when we were speaking, I said uh, I, I expected the Chiefs to win out and take the top spot, but no, nah, not so much. <laughs> yeah, clearly not. <clears throat> so my biggest loser this week is actually your new home team, the Dallas Cowboys. 22-25 to the Arizona Cardinals, the Cardinals who came into this game on the heels of a three-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. No, the Cowboys... When they came into this game, they were the number two seed 
who had an outside shot to get the number one yeah, seed. Yeah. But losing, now they've dropped all the way down to the number four seed. And they will now face the best of the rest. Most likely being either the Rams or the same Cardinals again. And one of the things that a comment that was made going into this game was that the Cowboys needed to do something that they have not done all season, which was to beat a good team. Yeah. And again, they came up short. The, Car- the Cowboys cannot feel confident in their offense right now, seeing how that went 24 for 38 for 226 yards. Their offense has lost its moxie since Dak strained his calf. And then they just lost Michael Gallup, who just came back from AR. And while mm-hmm. Michael Parsons has been playing very well, their defense has not done enough when they don't create turnovers. But, of course, I do have to give some kudos to Leighton Van Der Esch because he's actually survived to the end of the regular season. He's played all the games, <laughs> and he is expected to play again on, on Saturday. So unjust. I so unjust. But, it's, but it is true. Leighton Van Der Esch was the one that was supposed to replace Sean Lee, and he has replaced mm-hmm. Sean Lee in the treatment room because both of them often get injured and don't yeah. make it through the season. But yeah. that's for him. He's made it all the way through. So now, AJ, over to the moral victory. Who gets your moral victor this week? <sighs> it, let me be honest here. I, I really don't have a moral victor for this week. And the reason is this. I was thinking the Bears. Because of that, it, what would, based on the numbers, what would seem like an inspiring win over an absolutely abysmal Giants team. But when I look at the situation that the Bears are now in, Justin Fields is supposed to be their future. They moved up in the draft to get him, um, despite signing Andy Dalton um, as a free agent. It was supposed to be a change in the guard. Dalton wasn't very good. Fields took over. Fields hasn't been overly impressive, but at the same time, there have been a lot of complaints about Matt Nagy and a lot of calls for him to be ousted from his position. The Bears were on a terrible losing streak and they just don't look good. Here they are now. They beat, dismantle the Giants. <laughs> and it wasn't on the back of Justin Fields. It was Andy Dalton coming back into the lineup. <laughs> Andy went 18 of 35, 173, one touchdown, one pick. So yeah, they're in a boast. Nothing, nothing overly impressive, but at the same time, it, it just feels like more of a conundrum because you haven't had Justin playing that well. Andy comes in, and again, it's a giant, so still, you, you just had to take that with a pinch of salt. But it, what, what is the quarterback situation going to be? Is Managi going to have a job? Like, it, more questions on Dragon Ball Z right now. And <laughs> I guess we'll find out next season. But I, based on... Based on the numbers alone and just where the Bears are right now as, as an organization, I wanted to give it to them. But at the same time, I could also say, based on where they are right now and their situation, I can't give it to them. Hmm. Understood. Well, my moral victory for this week, and yeah, this is a bit of a homo pick, but it has to be my Saints. The New Orleans Saints to beat the Carolina Panthers 18-10. to 10. This was another ugly game for the Saints offense. 
But the Saints' defense continues to be a problem. I say that every week. The Saints' defense is championship caliber. If only we could get enough from our offense to help, you know, push us there. Mm-hmm. But they have the opposition again to 10 points. And Taysom Hill has given them just enough credibility at the quarterback position. Because, I mean, I have to be honest. After Jameis Winston, our best quarterback on our roster is Taysom Hill. And he didn't have a turnover in this game, which was good. Mm-hmm. He's dealing with that model finger, but he's he's still been able to do good enough. He had two over 200 yards passing in this game. Marquez Callaway is the default number one on this team because we really don't have a number one receiver, but he drops way too many. Mm-hmm. But at least in this game, he went for 97 yards, so there is somebody that was able to help Alvin Kamara to shoulder the load who had 18 touches in this game for 100 yards. But other than Taysom Hill, who had 12 rushes for 45 yards, all other ball carriers in that game had a single carry. So we need to get some more help for Alvin, Mm -hmm. and we need to do more so that our defense does not have to do everything. But when you say A, you have to say B. Similar to what you said about the Raiders, how the Raiders basically are in a position now where it is win and in. The Saints also are in a similar position because what the Saints need now is for the Rams to beat the Niners. Because if the Rams beat the Niners and the Saints beat the Falcons, then the Saints get in. But we'll touch on the rest of the schedule for next week in a second. But before we do that, the least inspiring win. Who is your least inspiring win this week? I feel like I'm always picking on them, but the Rams. It's not the first time this season I mentioned the Rams, but the Rams just don't inspire me at all. And they were supposed to be a juggernaut coming into the season. But Matthew Stafford recently has just been making other teams as good as, as, as the Rams because he can't stop giving them the ball. I, he's he's just not playing well, and I'm not buying into the Rams. Um, like as as a Super Bowl contender, and the fact that it took them to a, a, a basically like they had to creep over the line to be a Ravens team who doesn't even look like the the Ravens team. Like based on the roster that this team was supposed to have at the big the Ravens that is at the beginning of of the year and what it looks like right now, in terms of the guys who are actually fit and on the field. It is a shell. It's a shell of, of what this organization, this team, this squad is supposed to be. And the Rams just barely beat them. Barely. A, a win is a win, yes. Mm-hmm. But I'm not inspired by it. I don't... I, this doesn't make me think that the Rams are any better. And again, the defense hasn't been as great as, as it had been in the McVeigh era, especially in the last couple of seasons. They're about middle of the pack. They are. And as usual, Jalen Rams are ready to fight. Because <laughs> things ain't going their way. So, yeah, the Rams. Just not convinced. See, after I just made mention of how the Saints need the Rams to beat the 49ers, now you've, you've put the fear <laughs> of God in my heart. With, with that. I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't plan. I didn't know what you were going to say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, well, but... Hope springs eternal. <laughs> 
So I, I have to I have to be rooting for the Rams this week. But money is inspiring win is the other NFC West team that you also put a lot of lashes in on an almost weekly basis, and that's the Seattle Seahawks. 51 points. They're feeling really good about themselves. No, 51 points against the Detroit Lions. <laughs> but the Seahawks are out of contention. And they decided okay. to hammer a Lions team that are barely playing for pride at this point. Mm-hmm. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Lions on pride. I see it. Yeah, I see but it. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> nobody cares. Right now, nobody cares what the Seahawks are doing. They, yeah, DK Metcalf finally got, you know, off his leash. He scored a few touchdowns this week. Russell Wilson threw some touchdowns, but all of the noise we're hearing is that a divorce is still coming. So, yeah, 51-29 over the Lions. Nobody cares. So, that brings us to the end of the Blitz. And now, as I had made mention of in our opening, now we're going to talk a little bit about what happened in Monday Night Football, specifically with... Big Ben Roethlisberger. Now, Big Ben has played what is expected to be his final game at Heinz Field on Monday against the Cleveland Browns. And while we will have many other times to get back to the Browns and their woes, it was an emotional night in Pennsylvania as it was being treated from before the game and all the way through the broadcast. Like if, again, this was it. Ben shared moments with his teammates and he thanked the fans in a victory lap before departing the field. So, AJ, two questions. Should Ben retire after this year? And what will Ben's legacy be? Yes, he should retire after this season. And based on how things are going, um, the story that was leaked that he told some teammates or what, or whatever case was that this would be his last season, it seemed to be true because as you just articulated, everything in this game pointed to his, it being his final game at Heinz Field. This, the entire emotion surrounding it, just his reaction overall, it just kind of gave it away. So it, it's, it's, it's been coming. It's about time. We understand, Ben, that after last year, you kind of wanted a, a chance at redemption because of how, how last year ended. But it's, 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 it's time, though. This, this organization is not getting better. You're not getting any better. Um, what will his legacy be, though? I mean, despite the fact that we've been calling for Ben to be replaced in these last couple of seasons, I, he's going to go down as a great... He's the first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and we're not going to get into his extracurriculars. I, I don't like to bring that up when we're talking about players, you know, at who, who are greats in the game. And um, he did... He did Equal some equal or pass some records on Monday night as well. Um, I think the win tied him with Brett Favre for most wins at one at one um, stadium. It was he's he is no third. He passed third. Oh, he passed Favre. Right there we go. And I feel like there was something else. I know Najee Harris set the record, but I, I feel like felt like there was something else with Ben. Um, could be mistaken. Um, but yeah, he's he's going to go down as a great as he should. I don't feel like uh, playing a couple of years beyond your prime taints what would be 18 years. Like the, at, at his age, when the attrition has kicked in and whatnot, yeah, he played well beyond where, what he should have, but 
he still has two Super Bowls. He is um, he was a model of consistency for the most part. I mean, his entire organization was. He embodies the Steelers, essentially. He was someone that was different when he was brought in because of his size, hence the Big Ben. Um, and to play the position, Ben was really good. He was really good. I'll give him that. We, we just saw a, a skeleton of Ben in the last couple of seasons. Um, he went from being an excellent tier one, he would be possibly, uh, uh, tier two, let me not say tier one, tier two at least, to being serviceable, to now being that guy who is, who just needs to have a seat somewhere. But as, as, as should be the case, Ben is going to go down as, and I heard, I couldn't be, believe it was our own guy, Ryan Clark, who said that he would, no disrespect to Terry Bradshaw, but he's going to go down as the greatest Steelers quarterback of all time. I, I never saw Terry play. I know Terry starts, but I never saw him play, so I ain't going to jump into that one. But the fact that, that RC is saying so, I mean, could have some credibility to it, but I, I'll just give it to Ben. Ben is, he's, he's a great in this game. And like I said, first battle Hall of Famer, and he deserves all the plaudits that he will get. Well, I agree that Ben will be a Hall of Famer as soon as he is eligible for his longevity and for his winning in Pittsburgh. He has, as you may have mentioned, of just now 98 career wins now at Heinz Field, putting him third on the list of starting QBs at a single stadium. Top two are Brady at Gillette with 135 and John Elway at Mile High with 104. Now, he has been the guy for one of the NFL's flagship franchises for 18 seasons, and he has never had a losing record. History will look back kindly on his playing career. But ain't no way Ben should be back after the season. Ben had around 20 completions. I'm trying to remember. I couldn't... I should have taken down the statistic when it showed at halftime last night. Mm. But he had an absurd number of completions for 90-something yards at halftime. He finishes the game with 24 completions of 46 attempts for 123 yards with one touchdown and one interception. AJ, that is 5.125 yards per completion. 2.67 yards per attempt. On the season, he has 3,496 yards, completing 64.2% of his passes with 21 touchdowns. These numbers aren't franchise QB numbers. And before it gets... Mm -hmm. I mean, it's already ugly, but before it gets really ugly, it's time to go. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Nothing more to add. You brought the stats to it, but yeah, it definitely is. I, yeah, I think Ben knows that too. Ben knows that too. He, he, there's nothing more he can add to this franchise. He knows it's the right time to step away. Exactly. Do not wait until the... Pittsburgh Steelers are forced to do to you what they had to, what the Giants did to Eli Manning, which was sit him down. And even though it was not necessarily the most popular decision, it was the right one <laughs> because Eli Manning was not getting it done. And Ben, this season has not gotten it done, and he will be even worse next year. So, 
Now, after we have saluted Big Ben, now we look ahead to week 18. And this schedule, of course, it took a little while to get finalized as the NFL were waiting to see what was going to happen and where the most important matchups were going to be. And of course, you know, try to schedule them around the dead rubbers. So as a result, the week 18 schedule is as follows. And I have it here somewhere. Ah, there we go. So Kansas City, they begin week 18 at Denver at 4.30 p.m. And then we have Dallas playing at Philadelphia at 8.15 p.m. Both of these games can be found on ESPN and ABC. On Sunday, we have Pittsburgh at Baltimore at 1 p.m., where if Pittsburgh wins that game, they give themselves a shot still at making the playoffs. Cincinnati, they play Cleveland. Green Bay, they go to Detroit. All of these games are in the 1 p.m. slot. Tennessee... Well, as, as you said, I only the Raiders, the, not Raiders, the Ravens too. If they, if they do win, yeah, they're they give themselves a shot. Yeah. I think they are currently in the yeah, playoffs. They're still, no, 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 they're not. They're, they're one of the yeah, teams on the brink. Yeah. Oh, the Steelers yeah, yeah. and the Ravens are two of the three teams that sit just on the outside in, in that little limbo. Ah, uh, I see. Mm. Okay. And then <clears throat> Indianapolis, they play at Jacksonville. Um, and Chicago at Minnesota, Washington at the New York Jets. And those are the 1 p.m. games that are going to be distributed, of course, between Fox and CBS. Then the Sunday afternoon games, Seattle at Arizona, New Orleans at Atlanta, New York Jets at Buffalo, San Francisco at the Rams, the Patriots at Miami, Carolina at Tampa Bay, and finally, the LA Chargers, they are going up against the Las Vegas Raiders in the Sunday night football finale. So those, those are the games coming up this week. And as I just made mention of the Raiders being the Sunday night game, before we get um, any further into that, we just we do need to make mention that another Raider has found himself in some legal hot water, and that is cornerback Nate Hobbs, who was arrested for a DUI on Sunday after the police were called out that he was asleep at the wheel of his car around 4 a.m. on the parking lot exit ramp of the Cromwell Hotel. He was given a field sobriety test and failed, and he was detained and booked. AJ, what is your take when it comes to this situation? I don't want to talk about this much. I, you just had a teammate who got into a more serious situation because of this. You would think it would behoove one to to at least to at least like have some 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 modicum of common sense. When, uh, when putting yourself in these kinds of situations, like, like don't even let it get to a, 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 a scenario where you are trying to drive under the influence of alcohol. I, it, it shouldn't be that in the first case, but you just had someone on your team who went through this. And it's not, it wasn't something that was handled. And he, is in, he, he is in 
the teammate that is isn't deep isn't some serious legal issues like what was it what's the logic here though would that not would that not at least temporarily scare you straight like this it happened this happened some some months ago this season this yep. season not years ago months ago i mean seriously these guys don't think man so for me when when i look at this situation i see it from two lenses and you are right to highlight the seriousness of the situation and for the raiders this is a can't end fast enough. Now, Hobbs, he played himself into a position where he was you know, playing well for the team. He was a fifth-round pick. He's played in 15 of the 16 games this season and nine games as a starter. Now, he could potentially miss the last game of the season if the NFL acts quickly with their discipline. So that's, that's me looking at it from the serious side of this. But I also see some jokes in this situation. And the first one that came to mind was, all right, so Nate Hobbs, he was sleeping in his car. He was sleeping in his car at 4 a.m. Now, AJ, you and I both come from societies where when guys go out for a night on the town, chances are there is one guy who vacates the premises a little bit early to go sleep in the car. To go sleep in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so that he can get some of the drinks off of his head so that he can drive home. Yeah, yeah. The designated true. driver often doesn't be the one to not drink. He just doesn't drink as much. As much, yeah. So yeah. he goes and he takes a nap. And then when it's time to go, he is hopefully good enough to a get more refreshed yeah so near hobbs near hobbs was doing the caribbean mine on in or the barbadian mine in st Lawrence gap who goes in his car and sleeps in the parking lot and somebody calls the cops so is i mean it's my, it's, it's, it said he was, it was he was on the ramp right he was on yeah the he ramp. was on the ramp though that's the part that had me so if you knew that you may not have been good enough to get home and therefore you need to take a nap, how about you leave the carriage, just go back inside the hotel because you're at a hotel. Yeah. You're a man with yeah. means. Go pay for a room and go sleep it off and then yeah. drive home the next day. But, ah. Uh, yeah. Using a noggin. Yeah, the when it comes to making decisions in these kinds of situations, we have to remember that these are young fellas. These are young guys. Now, Hobbs is a rookie, so he's probably, what, 22, 23 at the most? Yeah, maybe. 22, actually, apparently. Right, so 22 years old. They haven't fully developed the... Um, well, I guess for a football player all in, in total, your, your risk and reward... Um, thing has to be a little bit skewed because you wouldn't necessarily be going out there crashing your body into another fully developed human being that your body is just as hard as yours is if you <laughs> decided that, you know, maybe I want to protect myself. But that is a conversation for another time. So, no, AJ, who do you trust? And it's a race. 
we have races on this weekend in these last games. And we're going to look at three of them. Now, we, it doesn't really make sense to talk about the NFC because pretty much everything is kind of decided in the NFC. There are just a couple of things that could still be up in the air. But as I made mention of before, if the Saints beat the Falcons and the 49ers get beat by the Rams, then the Rams are the number two seed and the Saints sneak in as the number seven. Um, there isn't much else really to be said about what's happening in the NFC right now. So we're focusing everything over in the AFC. And first up is the race again for this number one seed, the poison chalice that it is. Right now, Tennessee is back as the number one. And they're playing at the Texans. So, AJ, since the number one seed has been a hot potato all season, does the do the Titans hold on to that number one spot? Or do they let KFC back in with a chance to steal it? Who do you trust? Uh, so, as I made mention of earlier... I honestly thought the Chiefs would win out. We were speaking about the last three games, weeks 16, 17, and 18, when we were doing our project predictions. And I said I thought the Chiefs would win out. The Chiefs lost at the worst possible time. Because as you as you just mentioned, the Titans are playing the Texans in the final divisional game, yes. And the Texans, honestly, since their bye week, like in the second half of the season, they actually have looked up, like slightly better than what they had been before. They weren't a doormat anymore. They actually did win games in their last seven games. They're actually three and four, as including the week 17 loss. But they're still the Texans. And, and they're still, I still can't count on them to win. I don't think anyone can count on them to win. They, they did pull off some, a, a couple of surprise victories, but I don't see, I don't see that happening week 18. <laughs> I don't see the Titans. I can't see the Titans not being able to finish this job, knowing what's at stake. And know that they have they're in pole position and know that all right, all we have to do is beat these guys. And I'm pretty sure they beat them earlier in the season, right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, I I I I can't see the Titans losing that spot. Like I said, the Chiefs lost at the worst possible time. So now they're in the in the in the mixing part with the rest of us. And there they shall stay. Yeah, well, I also trust Tennessee to to maintain that number one spot. Just, it would be different maybe if they were playing the Colts for the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. But playing any of the other two teams in their division, and you know the way how the NFL schedule shakes out now is that the end of the season is always divisional games. Mm-hmm. There is very little opportunity now for Kansas City, regardless of what they do to the Denver Broncos here at Mulligan on Saturday, they are going to be playing on World Card Weekend. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, we'll talk about this, I guess, next week when we're starting to look ahead to what's happening. But at this point, to answer the question that is being asked, no, I don't trust Kansas City to get an opportunity to get back in. I do trust mm-hmm. the Titans to hold on. Now, the second one is the race for the AFC East crown. And maybe this is a little 
less easily determinable than what we talked about just now with the AFC number one seed because the Bills and the Patriots, they are still neck and neck going for this um, title of the AFC champion, AFC East champion. Now the Bills, they are at home hosting the Jets so while the Patriots, they go to the Dolphins. Now, is it, do you trust that there's a chance that the Jets do the Patriots a favor and upset the Bills. I have more faith in the Jets to deliberately lose this through this game just so <laughs> we don't get a top spot. Look, um, the Bills are going to hold on. I've changed my mind about this division so much. And bear with me. Obviously, this is this is my team. This is my division. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, ahead, at some sir. points, I wanted to be a homer and half beat. Mm-hmm. Right, but you, you, I'm sure you recall at the beginning of the season, I said I expect the Bills to retain the AFC East Crown. Right mm-hmm. during the season, when the Bills were stuttering a bit and the Patriots were picking up and we were on that winning streak, I did change my mind. Admittedly, as as new information came along, I changed my mind and I said, you know what, I feel like we can take the AFC top spot, which obviously automatically means that I figured we win our division. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and I was wrong about that. Um, since then, we just had played some games that, to me, were just too lackluster, given the things that were at stake. And we don't deserve to win the division, to be quite honest. Um, the, the most important games that we played coming towards the end of the season, we, not, we were not good in. We lost those games, and here we are now. And in the final week, we have to go to Miami, where we never fare well, <laughs> and where the Miami Miracles still lingers, not even in the back of my mind, like I can still see the entire play when I close my eyes. As I tell you how fresh this is, right? Do I think that will happen this year? No, I don't. It won't be a miracle. But <laughs> also, the, it's not like the Dolphins have been terrible, barring that week 17. They were on a winning streak and they were actually playing some good football, you know? I wanted us to be in a position and, and well, you know what? It's actually a good thing that we've already clinched a, a, a wild card spot. So whatever happens this week won't affect us too much besides like losing bragging rights, I guess. But we just never do well down there. And I, I'm not as confident. I honestly had more faith in us beating the Colts. Like before, before this period, I had more faith in us beating the Colts. And like I told you, I bet with my boss that we are going to, to do, uh, um, to sweep the series against the Bills. I, 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 I bet that we're going to beat the Bills the second time. But I was not going to bet that we're winning in Miami, Ken. I, I just don't have that much faith. I want to, but I don't. And with the Bills being at home to the Jets, nah, it's, it's like a foregone conclusion for me. Well, I mean, when I put this question together, I smiled to myself because I said that it was less easily determinable than Tennessee. Like, all right. The Patriots lose against the Dolphins in Miami and playing in week 18 now in January after you've been playing at home in the cold and now you have to go to the heat. That never does well for you. And somehow the schedule makers always put you going to the Dolphins late in the season. So that was going to be, that is going to be a problem. And then, so it's like, am I expecting the Jets who have been struggling all season long to go and beat the Bills at home more than I expect. 
that the Tennessee Titans are going to beat the Houston Texans. I was like, in my head, I said, come on, man. But I got I had to put it that way. Just you know, for the sake of the show. No, I don't I don't anticipate that the Patriots are gonna win the AFC East. I did pick preseason that the Bills are gonna repeat. The Patriots run it a lot closer than I thought they would have. And kudos to you Same guys. Here. Same here to be honest. But at this point, there's no way that this that you're going to be able to take the crown from the Bills. I I will be happy to come back here and say it was wrong if I am wrong. But my crystal ball doesn't show me being wrong. <laughs> All right, and finally, the last AFC playoff spot. We made mention of this earlier on the show, where the Chargers, they are going to be traveling to Allegiant Stadium to face the Raiders. It is win and you're in. Now, the Raiders are at home, and the Chargers have been inconsistent this season, and both of them are coming into this game with nine and seven records. So, AJ, who do you trust to win the AFC's seventh seed? Um. Yeah, I... Both of these teams have been kind of inconsistent, as in the Chargers and the Raiders. Um, but the Raiders are involved in so many close games that I don't, I can't, if I was a betting man, I don't know if I could put money on them. I don't know if I could put money on them to, because it, it, their games could always either go either way, right? Mm-hmm. And they actually did well um, in week 17 um, against the Colts. To hold on for that victory, but this time around, I it just it just has a kind of ominous feel to me that they're going to blow it at, uh, in this final game, and it could again be because of the fact that Justin Herbert is my guy, and I feel like he pulls this off. I rate Justin Herbert more highly than I rate Derek Carr. You know, I'm a fan of Derek Carr as well. I like Carr. I'm not mm-hmm. even saying that Herbert is career-wise like officially better talent-wise. He is talent-wise, of course. But in terms of his career, I don't know. But he has the talent. He has the talent to be able to pull this off. As inconsistent as they have been, I think he does. Um, yeah, it's just this is just me being a, a Herbert Homer, to be honest. I'll, I'll admit, I just think that, that, that the Chargers play it off on the back of Justin Herbert. No, I feel that this game is like the quintessential definition of a coin flip. Yeah. This game, the only way this game could be better is if it was being played at a neutral venue. The, the fact, basically, the playoffs have already started. The playoffs are starting on Sunday night mm-hmm. when the Chargers take the field against the mm-hmm. against the Raiders because sure. it is literally win or go home. Now, when I looked at the, the numbers heading into this game, statistically, the Raiders have the superior defense. Mm-hmm. But the Chargers have the better quarterback and they have better weapons across the board. So from that perspective, I expect the Chargers to win. And they'll go to 10-7. And then they're going to have their second playoff game in Wildcard <laughs> Weekend against their divisional rivals, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. So the Chargers right now could be the ones to upset so many Apple carrots 
heading down the lane. It is going to be really, really interesting to see how this all shakes out. <sighs> but honestly, I can't wait. We have reached now the end wait, of... But isn't there a possibility? Wait, because there are actually two spots in the AFC. Yes, there open. are two spots still open. Yeah, but I mean, I guess we kind of expect that the Colts should win. So, yeah, so that is the that is the permutation that, that currently exists. So, if the Colts lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars mm-hmm. and the Raiders and the Chargers play to a tie, both the Raiders and the Chargers get in. And then the Colts obviously would be out. No, there is another permutation, which is if the Colts lose to the Jaguars and either the Raiders or the Chargers win the game, it doesn't play to a tie, then the Pittsburgh Steelers, if they beat the Ravens, sneak in. But again, all of these are contingent on the Colts losing, losing to, yeah. to the Jaguars. That would, that would be really interesting. That would be really interesting. Yeah, <laughs> so, so... After all of that. It, I, don't, like, I don't think... I'm pretty sure you don't expect them to lose either, but it's mm. just... The permutations are just very interesting. The number of teams that are still... Um, like, on basically on the outside looking and on the brink, essentially, and could possibly clinch. It's, it'll be a hell of a weekend. It is true. As as we say about home in Barbados, the cat is among the pigeons. So <laughs> we we will see what happens. But I mean, we have we have reached pretty much the end of the regular season. This mm-hmm. is now week eighteen for the first time, and you know we've we've dealt with COVID. We've had lots of great things happen. We've had some really horrible things happen. Um, I guess the last really bad thing that's happened within the NFL circles is the passing of beloved John Madden, who was the first voice that I can remember. I, I don't remember anybody. I I know it was he and Al Michaels. And Al Michaels, yeah. When I started watching football. And what helped lead me to the path where we are currently on the two of us doing a podcast was me playing Madden and getting to to understand the positions and just the game in general because it's not like if we had a team that we could go to the stadium and watch them play. Same here. Exact same here. So, yeah, rest in peace. Indeed. So, AJ, we, we've come to the end of this week's episode and... Next week, we are going to have a guest with us here joining the boys to, to break down the end of the season. Um, Ricky Nurse, he was with us a few weeks ago. He will be back next week. And then we are in to the playoffs. We will be announcing who has won the Green Bay Fantasy League. We will have more information for you as well with regards to the bracket challenge. It's going to be an exciting time. And we thank you for being with us all the way through the season. We've had our own things happen, which has taken us out 
the odd week here and there, but we appreciate that you've stuck with us all the way through. And as we always like to tell you, tell our friends so that we can get some more folks joining us every week. Is there, is there anything that you want to mention to the good folks before we get out of here? No, not necessarily. You know what? Just that fantasy is cruel. <laughs> guard your hearts, people. Guard your hearts. It is true. And of course, the suckers that we are, we'll be right back into it. Yeah, you know it. You know it. I'm just being better right now, but I, I can't. <laughs> I, I already can't wait for for draft for draft week next year. It's yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. So, again, for your new favorite podcast, that is AJ. He is the green. I am Ken. I am the beige, and we will see you next time.